This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. It's not too often that we get to have business owners who are in the industry who own a home services company. They get to talk to us and share some of the secrets and insights that they have used, some of the ways that they have grown their business to eight and now almost nine figures a year in revenue. Our guest today owns the largest residential home services, plumbing, HVAC company in all of California. They are growing like crazy. They have incredible goals. And in fact, in today's episode, our guest is going to share with you the one thing that he has done that he blames for his success, if you will. Get ready to take some notes. It's an incredible guest. I am so excited to have the owner, the founder of Rooter Hero, John Okoyan, on the show today. Well, hey, John, thank you for being here today. Happy to be here, Ryan. Thank you. So we got to talk a little bit before we started recording, and I got to know a little bit more about what you do and largest plumbing home service company in California. We do residential drain cleaning and plumbing service. Amazing. Largest in California. That's a big state, by the way, if you don't know. So one heck of a feat. So I'm really excited to have you here today. You've been doing this a lot. You've been through a lot of ups and downs, I'm sure, and you've learned a ton. So for our listeners today, what is the biggest myth about owning a home service company? I think one of the biggest myths is starting a home service business will make you rich. Mm. Because I think a lot of people think that, hey, yeah, all I got to do is is start a home service business. You start a plumbing company and I'm going to be rich. (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of people that think that and then they wake up, what, a decade later, they're still in the truck and going this, (laughs) not what my plans were. So why do you think that that myth exists? And what do you think keeps people from breaking through it and being able to achieve that goal of being rich by owning a home service company? Well, I think the myth exists because people, social media, and just kind of like being out there, seeing that there's companies out there, which are a lot of trucks and all of this stuff. So they're assuming that it was really simple. And it's just the fact of just adding trucks. I think what stops people from getting there is that most people are working in the business and not on the business. Yeah. So when you're a small operator and, you know, we all came from those, I mean, you're in the business, you are the business, right? And I come across so many people because now we buy companies, we merge with other companies and stuff like that, that guys that have been in trucks for like 30 years, you know, and they just can't do it anymore. And it's just, they're working in the business every single day. Yeah. And they don't have a plan to grow the business. They're not working on the business and that's what holds them back. Yeah. Like I imagine it's probably been a while since you were on a job to clean a drain. Is that fair? Well, I mean, I no, I go out there once in a while, but I do it because I want to do it, not because I have to do it. Okay. And I get to learn and listen and be on the front end with my team. So the last time I was out in the field was right around COVID. When COVID hit, a lot of our guys that were just unsure about going into the home. So I just put my uniform on, protective gear, my face masks and gloves and everything else. And I said, let's go. I'm going to go out in the field. I'm going to go out with you guys. I'm going to do what I asked you to do. So we're going to go out there and fix some plumbing. And the rest of the team just followed. I mean, they just went out because we're heroes and we had to take care of people's bathrooms. 
Oh yeah, because during COVID, they definitely got a lot more use than they were used to. I love you setting the example with the team saying, hey, it's not beneath me to get out there, get in the field with you, get my hands dirty, show you what we can do. I imagine you'll learn a lot from that too. I still do it once in a while. I think I did it once or twice after that as well. It's just, for me, it's a lot of fun getting to know the guys out there and just being on the front lines and talking to customers and stuff like that. But see, that's not my primary job. You know, people doing everything and I have time on my schedule, I go out and do that because I want to do it and I learn a lot from doing it. But most people are doing that as their primary work that are business owners. And you have to get beyond that. And I think one of the other things that hold people back from that is that they just feel like nobody could do it better than they can have to do it. And this perfection mentality. And I believe in progress comes before perfection. You know, (laughs) we're going to once in a while, you know, like make mistakes. It's okay as long as we can correct it. But it's not about perfection. It's about getting progress done and, and letting people get out there and fail once in a while and then help them understand and move them along. Right. You know, it's interesting that you say that. And a lot of the work we do with helping the home service contractors hire technicians, we often find that if you get good people and you get out of their way, they actually can do the work better and faster than you probably can because they don't have 27 other things they have to worry about. Their job is to serve the customer and do it in a way that's profitable for the company. Whereas you as the owner, if you're in that truck and you're dealing with it, you're dealing with payroll issues and you're dealing with people issues and you're dealing with customer service, you're dealing with all of that stuff too. And it actually makes it harder and probably not as productive or profitable to have you in the truck when you could put a great tech that that's all they think about. Yeah. And it's about the generalist and specialist kind of role, right? Like a business owner, you're like a generalist. So you're doing everything, you know, payroll running calls, you're doing estimates, you're doing it all. And having specialists that actually do certain things and do it really well, and then delegating it to them and trusting that they're going to do a good job. And if they don't, helping them understand what you're looking for and allowing them, because it takes longer when you delegate things, because it takes a while for people to pick it up. But ultimately, you kind of multiply yourself. You multiply yourself and you can do a lot more. We like to hire people that have uh, what we call batteries included. So this is a term I learned from my coach, Dan Sullivan, at strategic coach. And he talks about having batteries included people, right? And what does that mean? It means, for example, when I was a kid, I'd get these toys and they'd come in and you'd open it up and you want to play with the remote control car. And it's like, oh, there's no batteries in there. (laughs) Got to go get batteries and you're all upset, right? So it's basically going to that term, but having people that come in with their own energy, their own resources, their own motivation, where they don't drain your energy to get energy, but they're coming in already excited about what they're doing, excited about life and that think, right? Because that's one of the hardest things to do is think when you're in a problem situation, how do you figure it out and get out of it without having to call and have somebody else figure out your problem? Or your solution. We look for batteries included type of people. I actually can picture we have a whole show just on that concept and how to navigate it and find those people and keep them. And that's fantastic. So I shared with you a little bit before part of my story and why I serve the trades and blue collar companies. I grew up in blue collar and my dad had his own business and he worked until in the business till the day 
he couldn't work in the business physically anymore. And my heart goes out to people like that. The people that have this idea, this plan, they want to do something more with their life or with provide for their family. And they have this belief that if I own the business, I'll be rich. But so many people don't make it. So many people wake up in their late 50s, early 60s going, wow, I created a job for myself. And that's what I have now. If I don't show up at work, nobody gets paid. They run into this and they're thinking, how do I get out of this? And how is it they can exit and those kinds of things. So what are some actionable tips that you could give our listeners right now that are in that boat that are feeling, you know, I feel like I'm stuck. I'm in the business. Years are getting on me. Life's getting in the way sometimes. What are some things they can do to really make progress towards that goal of being more financially independent and not being a slave to their business? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll tell you what I did because I started like everybody else. I was a guy in a truck, right? I was the guy doing everything. I was running calls, coming home, doing the bills, sending out invoices to my commercial customers, going to the bank, doing receivables, paying my guys, doing everything. I took a day to plan my life. I went in and I set up some lifetime goals. I said, what are the five areas in my life if I was to look back that I want to accomplish? And I looked at it in five different areas and I set up my family goals, my health goals, my spiritual goals, my financial goals for the business and everything else. And then a few personal things, right? If I get all this done, you know, I'd like to have some personal goals in it as well. So I set up some lifetime goals and I broke it up to five year and then took it to one year. And then after I did the one year, I started breaking it out into quarters. And I said, okay, here's the first quarter. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And if that is just to add one more truck on the road, do the marketing piece or whatever I need to do to add one more truck to work on the business. And what I would do is, and I still do it up until today, on Sundays, I go through and I read all of my goals. I take about two hours on Sunday to plan my entire week. So what I do is I look at my lifetime goals. I look at my five-year. I look at my one-year. I look at my quarterly goals. And then I look and see what I have to do to actually move that needle to get the stuff I want to get in that quarter. And then I write it in my weekly planner and I broke it up into four different aspects. One is business goals. The other one is personal goals. And then I have a delegation thing because sometimes when you're running a business, things end up on your lap. Next thing you know, you're doing this and you weren't doing it before, right? Yeah. So, you know, I've got the cleanup and delegations on there as well. And I write down at least two proactive things I need to do every single day to work on the business. I put it in my calendar. I wake up, I read it. I make sure that I'm working on those two things, just getting those two things done. And then the day actually just fills in because you still have the fires to put out. You still have people at the door going, got a minute. You know, all of this stuff is going to happen, right? But don't purposely plan those proactive things that you're going to do to grow the business. You could just show up and be busy. You could just show up and all of a sudden you're like, man, the day flew by, right? That's what I did to grow the business. And this is actually the third company that I'm on now that I'm growing it over my career in plumbing. And it's worked every single time I've done it. It always starts with set up the goals and start working on those proactive things, not the reactive. The reactive stuff will jump in. Reward those proactive things every single day, two a day. You don't have to do a lot, two a day, 
is an accumulation of five days a week. It makes sense being intentional about the things that are actually going to move the business forward and help you achieve your goals. I mean, that's really what I heard in that was just there is this real strong commitment and dedication to being intentional about your goals and carving out time every single week to put them on your calendar and make them important. Someone told me once they said, let me look at your calendar and I'll tell you what's important in your life. Yeah. And so I could imagine blocking out those two things a day, just right in the morning, just knock them out before the phone starts ringing or employees show up, just knock them out first thing in the morning. And then all of a sudden you wake up a year later and you go, whoa, look at how much I've accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. You work on those proactive things because too many times we wake up and just show up. And if you have a plan, you'll end up anywhere. You just won't have any progress. So you got to start with a plan. And to me, that's my roadmap. That's my life's roadmap. This is how I want my life to be. This is what I want in every section of my life. And then I go off and work on it. I mean, I've got my family stuff in there too, stuff I want to do with my kids. I just put it in there. And at the end of the day, I get addicted to checking off all of the things that I plan to do and getting it done. To me, that's the biggest adrenaline rush. At the end of the day, when I go to my calendar and I have this little thing I do where it starts out with the shade white and then I change the color to yellow, that means in my mind, that's like I've checked it off, right? I've done it. Go back and look. And if I see all of those whites become yellow, I'm like, man, I did everything I planned to do. Great job. It was a good day. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. So what I heard is if you are listening to this and you feel like you're stuck because you're in the business too much, whether that means that you're still in a truck or you're still dealing with customer service issues, like, but you're working in the business, you don't have the opportunity to be more strategic and have more of that big picture thinking so that you can achieve those goals. The first thing is to just become intentional about it. Just carve out time, make that the most important thing. I love what you said, because those fires are going to show up no matter what. <laughs> They're going to be there. So instead of planning your day around the fires, plan your day around the things that are actually going to move the needle for you. Yeah, that's what I've been doing consistently. It's worked great for me and making minor tweaks here and there on my weekly planner. But that weekly planner is just an incredible tool. And I do it right on my journal. I mean, I used to do it when they used to have those calendar planners. Remember those, you know, you fill the pages, had the three binders, open it up and put the new year in. And oh, yeah. Now it's all on the phone, right? But I still carry a journal with me and I do my weekly planner right on my journal. And then I move it from my journal to my digital calendar on Outlook. So what happens is first I do it on paper. And then as soon as it's all on paper, then every single one of those things need to end up on my Outlook calendar because then that's where it pops up on my phone and says, hey, this is what you're doing now hey, this is what you're doing now, right? Wow, yeah. Find you right on your phone. So I start out on a just a weekly planner sheet and then I end up transferring it. That's why it takes me sometimes two to three hours to plan, but I do that every Sunday. My Sundays are my plan, my weekdays. Yeah, and how long have you had Ruder Hero? Towards the end of 2011. So it's been about 11 years. 11 years, 11 years. And you went from you to how many people do you have on your team now? We have a little over 450 people now. We're working to to approach 100 million in revenue this year. All right. So the lesson there for me is two hours a day on Sunday, 11 years later, $100 million in revenue. I'm sure there's a connection. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to be intentional. I mean, you have to be intentional. If you do not look at it and work on it every single day on your goals, you will not reach it. 
I read my goals every morning. I mean, it's like I have to read it every morning. My lifetime goals, my five-year goals, my one-year goals, my quarterly goals, and then my weekly planner. If I don't do it, it's like I left the house without brushing my teeth. I feel yucky that day, you know? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So I think that's excellent advice. I love that. I love the intentionality. You said something here. I wrote down, multiply yourself. Like when you can become intentional and you get great people and you're building this team, it's so much more can get done so much faster. So let's talk for a minute about those owners that are out there that are still in the truck and they're thinking, how do I get out of this? Like I'm at a point where I love doing the work, but I don't like the business side of it. Are there options out there? Are there opportunities for them to explore? I don't know, maybe even exiting the business or is there a way that once they're that far into it, that there is a way that they can easily transition out and still achieve some of their goals? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Actually, a few years ago, I wrote a book and the title of the book is How I Grew My Residential Plumbing Company from Zero to 50 Million in Nine Years and How I Plan to Triple It in the Next Three. And I wrote down all the secrets of what we had to do to grow this company, which was there was a lot of things that was necessary, like building a training program, having a frontline manual and like all of the things that are necessary to go from zero to 50 million. So it's all in there. And then it also talks about different strategies of exiting. I mean, right now we're looking at merging with and purchasing plumbing companies. A lot of guys are on retirement because they've been in the trades for a long time and want to get out. So we send them books, they read it and they get to know our company. We've gotten other books about what our values are in our company and how a plumbing sales career can turn you into a millionaire. So there's just a lot of things that could happen. And we've actually had a business that we acquired. The owner came into the business and is currently working as a install manager for one of our divisions. And his life is now much better than it was before. He had no time to spend with his family. He was like constantly in a truck out there working. And now he's helping us grow our install department. And he's spending more time with his wife and his daughter He's making the same or more than he was making before he merged the business in. And he's a young guy, right? He's in his early 30s. And he's like, this has put my life right back into balance. Now I can actually spend time with my family. So there's options. And if somebody wants to grow their business and go, you know, gung-ho, I've got the secrets in here of how I did it. So, you know, just get the book and read it and follow the steps. We'll have links to those books in the show notes. And I'm sure that they're probably easy to find either through your website or Amazon or something like that. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. In our website, just go into rooterhero.com forward slash books and you can get a link directly to Audible. If you're into audiobooks, it'll be on Audible or in Amazon. You could order it on Amazon. And we have it really low. We're not trying to become a New York Times bestseller. We just want to get our word out there. It's a great message. And I love the fact that you're giving it out to people. So many people, they get to your spot where they've got eight, nine figure business and they want to keep the secrets to themselves. And it sounds like that's not your approach. You want to share this with as many people as possible. Yeah, we're as transparent as can be. I mean, we're a very transparent organization. And I think the key is the consistency to actually not do it once or twice, but actually becoming so consistent that you're doing it over and over and over again. And that's what's going to make all of the difference, right? So 
Yeah, we like to share. And we just want to get the word out there. Just grateful to be in this great industry of plumbing and home services that I've been in since I was 17 years old. And I feel like it's my calling. And if I could help as many people as I can, that's what I want to do. I think this goes back to the first question I asked you. And so much of what you're doing is breaking down that myth, that belief that if I own the company, I'll be rich. And whether it's the books or it's giving back, it's being on podcasts like this and being able to share your message or even given the opportunity to your install manager and say, hey, get out of the business. Don't create this job for yourself. Let me give you a job where you make just as much money, if not more. You'll have more time freedom and you don't have to wear 27 different hats to be in the business. And you can focus on the things that you love and the things that you really need to create time for. So I love that you're not just saying it's a myth, but you're out there shattering it for so many people, not just in California, but probably all over the country reading your books and learning about you. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. So you had an offer for our listeners, something you want to share in one of the books we talked about. Yeah. I mean, just go to our website or email me. It's john at rooterhero.com. That's J-O-H-N at rooterhero.com. And if you want any of the copies of the five books that we wrote, I'll go ahead and send it to you. Just send me your address, your name, and I'll either send you a physical copy or a PDF, whatever you prefer. Go to Amazon and pay 10 bucks for it because I'll send it to you. Well, I'm going to take you up on that because those books sound amazing and I love it. And by the way, you can't see this right now, but they're thin. Okay. So John knows who his audience is. They're thin books. I want maybe 60, 70 pages. Yeah. 60, 70 pages, short chapters, a lot of pictures. Yes. You're speaking my language. I love it. That's fantastic. So they can learn about you at Rooter Hero. Dot com. They can get access to your books. And I would encourage anybody that's listening to this right now that's thinking, you know, I've created this job for myself. I'm spending too much time in the business, too much time in front of my customers. Is there a better way? And the answer is yes. And John has the answer either in his books or heck, maybe even reach out and have a personal conversation with him about what he's doing over there at Rooter Hero. I'm sure you'd welcome that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I love it. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've learned a ton. I got a whole bunch of notes here, which is great. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.